0: You know, your brand is the most important thing, you know, I say that to people all the time, it's not about the product, you know, the products come after.
1: Welcome to this brand new Lightbulb Moment episode brought to you in partnership with Dell Technologies, who believe in shining a light on these life-changing moments shared by incredible founders and entrepreneurs taken from my conversations of inspiration. It really is an honour to share their inspiration with you and I hope their story impacts your own thinking as deeply as it has mine. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down Where we're going you won't need to bring your frown Sitting with Levi Roots under the vaulted ceilings of St George's Concert Hall in Bristol is such an incredibly fond memory for me, which I'll always treasure, even more so now post-Covid, where once-packed rooms were commonplace. I feel like now we're so much more acutely aware of the connection and buzz that people together brings. Levi had the audience captivated. He's a brilliant storyteller and so charismatic with this huge wallop of charm. His brand is a reflection of his authentic self, and it got me thinking have I always been my authentic self? I think not. You grew up in Brixton um, at quite a turbulent time, as you said, in the 1970s, and Brixton being a very different place to what it is now, you found yourself in trouble, ending up in detention centre and then prison, and I can't begin to imagine the circumstances you grew up in, living in probably this lack of direction or inspiration that you had at the time, but could you share this experience at the time? What led you to ending up there? And that that changing point, where you decided that you wanted to turn your life around?
0: Well, I think mentors and inspirators are the key things to help children, especially from my background, where I I came from. There are many people that used to come to Brixton in those days, but none of them looked like me. None of them expressed or spoke like me. And I suppose when the riots was happening in Brixton Brixton in, in the early days, that's what was needed. I needed somebody to come round to Brixton that I could understand, that looked like me and spoke my language, and to say, you know, young Levi, you can do better, this is what you ought to do. But no one ever came round. The people that came round were very old and they were white. And, and most people that lived in Brixton in those area, like myself, that was the problem was young and they were black. So for me, finding an inspiration to help me it's very difficult, and I've always said that I don't believe that Peter Jones turned me into an entrepreneur overnight by investing in, in me in Dragons Den. Many years later, I was always an entrepreneur, but you always need somebody to find the yes. best of you. Yes. You know, it's in there somewhere. To find you find know? your diamond. absolutely. I, I don't feel that there's there's no such thing as failure, and I totally believe that. I believe that there is somebody out there that will find the true you. And, and for me, I've always said that you know. I was being Keith for a ma- very long time, as you, you guys know on Zen, that is my real name. But, but I think it, when I, when I fir- found my first mentor, she was the one that actually pulled out the, the Levi roots from the Keith. And Keith was the guy that couldn't focus, that was being abused by my father. But my, my first inspirator was the one that actually found the true Levi roots on the inside.
1: And so whilst you were in prison aged 18, that's when you became a Rastafarian and you changed your name from Keith to Levi Roots, returning almost to your core identity. This must have felt like a very life-changing moment for you. Could you tell me about this moment, changing your name and what it stood
0: for? Well, it's about finding yourself, isn't it? It's, It's finding about who you are. Your name says who you are and I remember in school, I vividly remember it. You know? I was 15 at the time and it was the time of, in America they had this um, social movement that Martin Luther King and the church and everything. And if you were black and you were a black kid, you found out who you are because that was the movement. But here in the UK, there was no such thing. And we didn't have Black History Month. You were in school, you were never taught yeah. about that you were African and you never had Black History lessons and all that. So I struggled and I, I remember once looking up my name Keith Valentine Graham. And I saw that it was a Scottish name. And I kept looking in the mirror and thinking, I don't look fucking Scottish. <laughs> Where did the name come from? You know, how, how did I end up being Keith Valentine Graham? And, and it was about the same time that Bob Marley's music started to come, out, to, to come through from Jamaica. And of course, as a young black kid then, you know, we were all excited about this Rasta man that had these long dreadlocks, and he was reportedly smoking a pound of ganja a day. And it, it, was, it was all of the fantastic things that make young people at the time, your ears prick up and you yeah. start to listen. Yeah. And I started to listen to Bob Marley's music, and it was through his music that I realized that I'm not Scottish after all, that, you know... I, that, <laughs> <laughs> that I, that I am African by you know originality and then Jamaica by my Jamaican by my journey, and so I wanted to change my name and and to find who I really am and and through the, the Rastafari culture I I found that if you're born in the month of June then you're a Levite, as according to the Bible, Leviticus in the Bible, as in you know, Rastas follow the Bible very, very religiously. It's a bit, a, a bit of the Jewish religion as well, uh, the Rastafarian culture. So in the month of June is the month, is the month of Levi. So I, I chose the name Levi, so I can identify with yeah. my culture, who I was at the time. And I just wanted to say, get Keith out of here. You know, what's he, doing? <laughs> what's he doing inside of me? And I think that was the finding, finding of the true yeah. me, who yeah. I am. I felt very comfortable in my skin. skin and yeah. I, I, I now I knew who, what yeah. my purpose was.
1: And if, you, in terms of business, if you think about it, you rebranded yourself. You went back to your roots, what your values represent, Absolutely. what your identity stood for. You created this new identity, an identity which... Felt more like you, one that is now actually very valuable but is completely authentic. Would you say it's quite an important stage of being an entrepreneur, figuring out your core identity, especially if you are
0: your brand? You know, your brand is the most important thing. You know, I say that to people all the time it's not about the product. You know, the products come after. You know, it, right. it is about the branding and especially if the brand bears your name. You yeah. know, I think you have a responsibility to um, to be authentic to, yeah. towards who you are. And I wanted the, the, the sauce, my grandmother's sauce, to be about myself. I, I didn't want to sell what was in the bottle. I wanted to sell the person that was selling the sauce. And for me, it was just to create in that persona.
1: I look back at my early days in business and almost don't recognise who I was. Because for me, I can't see the holly that I know today. I was obsessed with speed as if it was maybe a competition. Nothing was ever good enough. Wanting more and more in my business and personal life. There was this sort of ruthlessness, I suppose, that I put on myself and others. I now realise that I'd not honed in on what made me, me. Like every other woman, I was on the bottom of the to-do list, and certainly that was true when it came to understanding what deeply mattered to me, my own values, or asking myself the question, what makes me Holly? But everything has changed now. Because now, when I walk into the office, when I walk into my life, it feels like me but it took work, and I mean really hard work, to get to this point. Because just like Levi said, he had to work on himself in order to turn into the Levi we know and love that Keith had to go because there was nothing about Keith that he actually resonated with when he reflected. I think the transformation for me was largely fueled by being able to accept my flaws, what I wasn't good at, what I wasn't interested in, what I didn't know. And that took confidence. And that confidence grew as I started to accept some of my own home truths. It was this sort of cycle, I suppose, I was on. For so long, I'd had to fake it till I made it, something I know you'll resonate with. And actually, it was that fakeness which sort of became who I was. Not that I was a fake person, but more, I had to be this tech business leader. So that is what I learned and what I became. I learned how to love high heels, learned how to manage investors, learned how to deal with tricky management, learned how to do three nights out in a row, learnt how to bury my creativity and entrepreneurism. It would pop out now and again, but that was normally when I locked myself away in a room with my now co-founders of Holly & Co., my sister Carrie and Gabby. That was when I got to immerse myself in products, contribute to new trends, the future, connect with partners, creating amazingness and, and so on. But these were fleeting moments in my month. I remember never wanting to leave that room I lovingly called the greenhouse, a place I created to protect these brilliant women so they could just be the geniuses they are, with no one disturbing them or squashing them. I probably loved it the most, as unbeknownst to me, I was connecting just for those 10 minutes with who I really was. As much as I could do the things I'd learnt, and I think I became at least mediocre at some of it, that wasn't Holly. That wasn't the Holly you might see or hear today. To find her, I had to deal with my ego. I had to settle on the fact that I wasn't maybe going to be a potential global leader. I mean, when I say that now, I feel sick to my stomach. As in, who would want that? How on earth is that living any sort of good life, let alone building a business that believes in balancing personal life riches with the ambition of business? I settled on the fact that I didn't listen enough or properly. I wasn't as empathetic as I should have been, that I didn't really like tech well, I, I, I liked it. I liked the result of it, how it could connect people together. But actually, as much as the Financial Times liked to call me a tech leader, for me, that wasn't a badge of honour. Not really. I just knew it was what people liked to call me. So I adopted it as something I was proud of. I look back at the years it's taken me to stop being one person and allow the real Holly to please stand up. I'm not going to break into an Eminem song, but I wish I could because I know so many people who still have not gone through this process, turning their back on the Keith they might have become and stepping forward as the Levi they should have always been. I wish I could wave a magic wand and save them the hard work, but then that would defeat the point. It's the work, the vulnerable space you have to find yourself in to be thrown into the light. I wish this for you all. Now, before you go, what I hadn't told you is that this is one of 10 very special Lightbulb Moment episodes brought to you by Dell Technologies. Lightbulb moments happen to us each and every day of life, where we discover learnings, hear stories that inspire us, or witness things that trigger sudden, enlightening thoughts that change our lives forever. And that's why I'll be welcoming 10 incredible female founders from Dell's Women's Entrepreneur Network, otherwise known as DWEN, into the safe space to share their personal lightbulb moments. I really do believe that by sharing the tales of our brightest moments, we have the ability to build, grow and empower a female community of entrepreneurs, becoming stronger than we could ever have imagined. This week, Tash Grossman, founder of Slip, shares her very own light bulb moment. Enjoy.
2: Hey, I'm Tash Grossman. I'm 25 from London, and I'm the founder and CEO of Slip. Slip's a retail technology company I founded last year whilst working as a management consultant. Today, I'm going to share a light bulb moment that's changed the direction of my life and career. I was standing in the returns queue at Zara on a Saturday, attempting to return a pair of broken trousers because the buckle had fallen off. I should add, I was on a date at the time and didn't think the process would take long at all. After queuing for 30 minutes, I was told by the sales assistant because I'd lost my receipt, there was nothing that they could do. There I was, standing angry and embarrassed... With a £40 pair of broken trousers and a very awkward looking date. It was in that moment I had that light bulb moment and questioned surely there's a better way? Surely in the 21st century, with all this technology and innovation around us, we're not still relying on pieces of paper for receipts or even worse, emails. I knew in that moment I had to solve the problem, which is what led me to launching Slip, a digital receipt app that allows customers to get their digital receipts just by scanning a QR code. We're all about faff free shopping, making this process so much better for everyone. Not only is it driven by digital transformation, it's driven with sustainability at its core, dedicated to getting rid of non recyclable receipts and doing our bit to help this planet. I'm so pleased I've been able to share my light bulb moment today and if there's ever an idea you've had or wanted to pursue please take that leap of faith you mainly regret the things you don't do thank you
1: a big thank you to Dell Technologies who've brought us this episode today. I hope you enjoyed this light bulb moment. To listen to my whole conversation with Levi Roots explaining his incredible story, founding Reggae Reggae Source, or any of our past founders, search conversations of inspiration wherever you get your podcasts. And if this episode has helped you on your journey, I'd be super grateful if you might rate and review to help us reach even more people.